If the Job of today's first reading were to meet the Jesus of today's gospel, Job might complain about his wife. She's a foolish woman, he might whine. She doesn't fulfill me spiritually, he'd add. She doesn't care whether I live or die. And Jesus might say, sorry, buddy, you're stuck with her. And it's not just Jesus, even Satan, who separates Job from his sheep, his camels, his children, and his health, still left Job with his wife. In today's gospel, the Pharisees ask Jesus whether it's lawful for a man to divorce his wife. Jesus doesn't answer their question directly. It may or may not be lawful for a man to divorce his wife, depending on the relevant law. What Jesus tells them more forcefully is that whatever God has joined together, no one should separate. There's no easy way out of this teaching. In fact, this may be the best attested teaching of Jesus. In other words, it meets the tests of the most rigorous scholars who attribute some gospel teachings to Jesus but are more skeptical about others. Some current favorite teachings, like the parable of the Good Samaritan or the prodigal son, are found only in the Gospel of Luke. But today's teachings on divorce show up in one form in the Gospels of Mark and Matthew, and also in a separate source used by both Matthew and Luke, and also in one of Paul's letters. It's actually very rare to find a biblical teaching in so many places. In general, the Gospels and, ep and epistles offer different and sometimes even competing points of view, but not about this. What God has joined together, let no one separate. If we can't get out of this teaching, we might as well ask why it was so important to Jesus that this teaching has come down to us through multiple sources. Why didn't Jesus allow a man to divorce his wife? What was so important about marriage in his time? When we read the ancient stories and laws that Jesus knew, something becomes clear. In Jesus' time, for Jesus' people, marriage was the only social safety net. Marriage was how people survived. Through marriage, people became connected to large household units. They produced children who could care for them when they got old. Marriage brought access to food and shelter both now and in the future. Marriage meant survival. Marriage was how people joined together, and to dissolve those bonds often meant sending people into poverty. This is why in the book of Exodus, right after giving the Ten Commandments, God adds a few more ordinances. One of these says that if a man takes another wife, so a second wife, he still has to provide food and clothing for his first wife for the rest of her life. That's right. We heard about alimony for the first time right there on Mount Sinai. <laughs> What's more, biblical books from Deuteronomy to the letter of James have defined the character of God and the nature of true religion as caring for the widow and the orphan and giving them food and clothing. Widows and orphans didn't have husbands or fathers. 
They didn't have the public benefits that flowed through marriage. The fact that marriage was the social safety net explains why Tamar in the book of Genesis demands the right to marry the youngest brother of her first two husbands who have died. She's entitled to stay part of the family and to have the children that guarantee her future survival. The fact that marriage was the social safety net shows us why Naomi was so astonished that her daughter-in-law Ruth stayed with her even after all the men in the family had died. Naomi had run out of sons to offer Ruth in marriage. But Naomi had another plan. She helps them survive together by telling Ruth to put on her best clothes, wait until the town's most eligible bachelor has had a few drinks and is happy, and throw herself at his feet. The fact that marriage was the social safety net explains why this remarkable story about resourceful women has its happy ending when Ruth gets married and gives birth to a son. The fact that marriage was the social safety net shows us we shouldn't be so quick to judge the woman at the well for having had five husbands and for having some alternative domestic arrangements now. When she tells Jesus, I have no husband, she means, I'm living at the end, edge of survival. No wonder she craved that living water. These stories and teachings show us that what's so important to the heart of God and to Jesus is that we not separate ourselves from each other. It's that we weave together systems of care for the widow, the orphan, and anyone at risk of falling into poverty. In Jesus' community, that system was marriage. In our community, we have other systems. We have supplemental nutrition assistance. We have social security. We have vaccination policies. Some of our systems may need fine tuning, but they work together to save our lives and to promise a future if we all opt in. Jesus told people in no uncertain terms that they couldn't discharge their responsibilities for care. And he called them to live in the reality that separation from one another is just an illusion. We may try to opt out of legal arrangements from personal contracts to climate accords, but our fortunes are never truly separate. Our survival depends on each other. Of course, that's nowhere more visible than in children. And that's where today's gospel ends, with an image of children coming to Jesus and being blessed and receiving the kingdom of heaven. Children prove that some unions of men and women can never truly be undone. So whether it's through the bonds of marriage or court-ordered child support or integrated public schools, we knit together systems of care that help these children inherit the kingdom there's no greater witness than the Bible to the fact that marriage and divorce as a legal and social custom changes wildly from generation to generation. And we'd be foolish to idolize any one generation's ideal of marriage as God's ultimate standard. There's also no greater witness than the Bible. From the laws of the Hebrew Bible to the rigorous standards of Jesus, that we can never simply walk away or sever ourselves 
from our responsibilities to one another and to future generations. Sorry, friends, Jesus might say to us. You're all stuck with each other. But welcome to the kingdom of God.